Hello, I am Anderson Cowan, and I have got a movie to make, and this is I've Got a Movie to Make. Week 101 out of 116 weeks. I should actually start time stamping these, too, because now it's, it's not going to be easy math if I'm even trying to figure out, because uh, I took those weeks off. So this is the week of June 4th. This is Friday, the June June 4th, uh, 2021, as I uh, speak into this microphone. And uh, what has happened since I last saw you? I, I'm just going to focus in on one minor thing that happened that could be considered a big thing, I guess. Well, first of all, I've been working a lot on the uh, the documentary, which is his whole own animal. And I am producer. And I got to tell you, I love being a producer. Uh I guess it's a bit of a dirty little secret. Actually, I kind of knew a lot of this. Uh, I think I do that a lot. Like, hey, uh, I didn't know this. Actually, I did know this. I, I say that a lot, but it, it's true. I, I don't have a whole lot of respect for producers. I never, ever look at a movie and go, like, let's see who produced it, even though that could lead me to some better things because a lot of time producers are a particular, they, they have a particular uh, type of movie that they like to produce or, uh, you know, something, they, much like a writer or a director. They have certain projects that uh, get them going and, uh, a lot of the time, most of the time, it's you know money related, and a lot of the time, it's somebody at the top, and they got a big name, and they can just slap their name on it. Maybe they're a filmmaker already, and that's a dirty little trick that they do. And Spielberg, they've been doing that for years. I mean, uh, uh, so many people think that uh, uh, Steven Spielberg directed uh, Back to the Future, and it was Robert Zemeckis, but you know, it's a Steven Spielberg film because he produced it. And a lot of the time, that's just you have an idea, or you own a property, and uh, you start making phone calls. You're well connected, and you put this director with that writer. I mean, you hire the entire team, and then uh, either you're an active producer and you're on the set helping out as once again steven spielberg did with uh, poltergeist 2 a lot of people think that he directed that because toby hooper uh director of uh the the original um uh, texas chainsaw massacre apparently was in over his head because it was a big studio picture and he wasn't capable of uh, you know commanding uh the lead he's more of a small time I, I, what am i doing calling out toby hooper all these letters anyways that sometimes producers are very very uh, hands-on, as is the case with me, with uh, being a producer role for this documentary that I'm working on right now that keeps taking on new shapes and new forms. And uh, what I was starting to say there before I waxed is I like being a producer because when I am done, I do walk away. I do think about it a little bit. I do take phone calls when the director calls me up and, uh, hey, Rand, uh, but I'm not in it like Rand has to be because the director and he is producer as well is in it all the time. And that's how all of my other projects when I'm director all the time. And I got to be worrying about the edit and my assistant editor and uh, the score and the, the sound mix and all as producer, uh, I'm helping with the direction and I'm helping with the research and I'm helping with the actual onset shooting of things. And uh, we just had a, a, a uh, yesterday, actually, I, I I wasn't planning on talking about any of this, but here I go. Uh, I got to sit down with, with Rand and another team member, and uh, we watched a, a rough cut, and then uh, we just kind of paced and drank coffee and came up with ideas and things to improve it. And uh, you throw things at the wall. I love that kind of creative spirit where you know three individuals get together and uh, we're all talking about the same thing and, and trying things out. I love it. I really wish that I was in writer rooms, writer's rooms and spent more time doing this kind of thing. Cause I, I kind of thrive in it. I kind of love it. It's kind of my, the, the, the thing that I'm, I, like I say, I'm not good at a lot of things, but I feel like I am good at working with a, a group of people on something creative. I feel like I do bring something to the table. And unfortunately I haven't spent nearly enough time doing that kind of thing, unless it's something that I created and then I bring people in. So that is the nature of things. Now, I have created something or I'm on the, I, I have created things 
that will lead to the master creation of the film, which this feed is all about. And here's, as it pertains to a movie for vengeance, here's what has happened since I last talked to you. Uh, I told you I made contact with a woman who founded an acting group, uh, an acting workshop, uh, an acting troupe, uh, almost like an acting company. Uh, that is made out entirely of mentally challenged individuals or intellectually developmentally delayed individuals who have Down syndrome, who have autism, uh, who have other things, maybe un- undiagnosed things from my own account, from what I saw. Uh, I, I'm guessing here, but I could see that being the case, uh, as well as uh, volunteers. And uh, I met her on the phone talked to her, uh, reached out and called her up. She called me back. We had a nice conversation. She invited me down and I went down to a acting workshop that she does every Saturday for three hours. And she also does them during the week. She is heavily invested. She's been doing this for onwards 30 years. It looks like, and, uh, onwards upwards of 30 years. And I went down there with Atticus, which I think was, uh, good and bad. Because he wasn't really into it. He's a you know, four-year-old and a little uncomfortable with new people. And so let me set the scene. So it's a little hesitant to give like details because this isn't public. And I, I trust you who are listening. But God knows. You never, you never know. And I, not even outing myself, but outing this, this program. I, I don't know. Uh, so it takes place over the weekend. And it's a three-hour block of time. And uh, she gave me the, the address. And it's like a communities type center and, with a big open room. And it's... Uh, uh, she she let me know when to show up and I said, all right, I'm going to bring my, she, she actually said, bring your four year old. I'm like, great. Cause he's a great icebreaker and he make he shows the softer side of me immediately. And, uh, at the risk of sounding, uh, devious, like, I mean, I, I get to see the best of people when I'm with Atticus it, that's been the case since he was born. And, you know, it's good to get less so as he gets older, but it's great seeing the best of humanity because I've seen the worst of humanity. And that's my own doing when, you know, I was an ornery punk rock teenager and I got to see, you know, the side of humanity that, that, that crosses the road when they see me coming down the street. Uh, and then, you know, flash forward to having Atticus with me. And I see, for the most part, really happy, nice people who are like, you know, the softer side of people. And I feel the difference when I go to the market without him. <laughs> and I deal with the same cashier who I dealt with earlier, uh, same checker that I dealt with earlier in the day, because I, sometimes I have to go to the market twice. And uh, when I was with Atticus, she was all smiles and happy. When I was not with Atticus, she's like grumbly and angry. You know, so I it was good to be able to meet um, this woman. And the group with my little four-year-old who I used to use Stanley. Uh, and I, you know, I hesitate to say use, but like it was great having Stanley to be the icebreaker because here I am, this, you know, ownery looking uh, fellow. My wife says I look like a shady character. Uh, and I never really have to worry when I'm out on the streets that someone's going to try and, you know, take advantage of me or, or beat me. I'm just, I have that kind of presence where people, I'm a sketchy character. I think Jillian calls me. Uh, but having something soft, like a, a small little sweet dog in Stanley or now my small sweet son, uh, it's, you get what I'm saying. You, you get it. So show up. And uh, he didn't want any part of it. That is Atticus. So I just put him on a, on a bench uh, a few feet behind me and I let him watch some videos. It's great to have those videos for him to tap into when I really need him to, uh, you know, leave me alone for a little bit. And I, I met the uh, director and I introduced myself in person and she goes, great to meet you. And there's probably in this big day room, there's probably 25 adults 
And I had a hard time. I'm going to be honest. Everyone's wearing masks. And I was having a little hard time identifying who the volunteers were and who the actual players were. But you become aware pretty quickly that some of them are uh, definitely volunteers. Uh, And some of them, you know, obviously you're going to have ranging capabilities and um, some function much better than others. As you can see, some can speak much better than others. And it just, it took me right back and it made me realize uh, in a really real fashion that I have not spent any time doing any kind of volunteer work since Atticus has been born. It's by far the longest stretch in my, since I was like a teenager, really, uh, that I haven't spent um, regular time volunteering. Because I mean, from the time I was like 13 or 14, uh, I was volunteering either at Special Olympics or old uh, retirement um, centers with uh, old folks, old folk homes, we used to call them. Uh, and it's it's just something that I've always found a lot of value in and always enjoyed doing and always made me feel like uh, like less of a horrible person, I guess. It just, it's something that I, I called to me since I was, I was young. And since Atticus has been born, I have not had time to, to go to camp or to volunteer my time. And honestly, before Atticus, too, I mean, I was able to just kind of say, yeah, I volunteer at, at Camp Ronald McDonald for good times, which I did. Uh, more than once a year, a lot of the time I was part of the winter program or I would go there and do office work or was on, you know, committees and, and whatnot. But, uh, before that, uh, it was, it was on like a weekly basis for a long, long stretches of my life. Anyways, I, I realized how much I missed that being in this environment on, uh, this last weekend. And so there's about 25 uh, grown adults and some of which is probably like three or four volunteers. I'm still not entirely sure. And I'm sure that I'll learn as, as I go down the road here, who are volunteers and who aren't. And uh, sometimes you have ambassadors that are actually part of the community that are higher functioning. And uh, they, they also act as volunteers or they guides or counselors as it were. So I'm in there for, for uh, maybe 10 minutes before this happens. So the first 10 minutes is, uh, the, I was, I keep almost using her name and I'm not trying to, to, to use her name yet, but, uh, she's up in front of uh, everybody and she's doing these motions or like warm up exercises to get your body kind of warmed up. And then she's doing some vocal exercises and I'm just doing it and I'm turning around, making sure Atticus is good. He's watching me. He's kind of curious. And then he's giving me the eye roll. Cause he's already kind of got that in him. Like he's like embarrassed for me, I guess, which I hate that a four year old's already acting that way, but he is, he does. I embarrass him on the road. Sometimes I think there's actually video footage of it in one of our videos that we did together but uh so now we're past that and she gets somebody to come up in front of everybody and lead an exercise and i'm off to the side a little bit but part you know i'm 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 in in an aisle seat type thing uh on the side of the uh the the room and then uh and i'm going along and i'm i'm you know mimicking what's being asked to be mimicked and I'm, i'm part of the group and then she says, Anderson, uh, would you like to come up here and introduce yourself to everybody? And I'm like, feet to the fire. Okay, here we go. And I go up in front of everybody. And I got to tell you, the mask makes it a little easy, easier. I, I, I'm not as crazy as a lot of people are with uh, public speaking, whereas like I, I did a research paper on it years ago where it was identified as the number one fear of grown adults is public speaking behind death, which... I think is illogical. However, I get it because it's not comfortable and uh, I'm nervous and not in the best way when I know I have to do some public speaking in front of a group, especially a group I don't know. Uh, But the mask covering half your face definitely gave me a bit of a shield and made me a little more comfortable up there. I tell you, Atticus staring at me, judging me from the back of the room was uh, 
maybe the thing I was most intimidated by, which is insane, my four-year-old son. But uh, I was, I was, because I knew that he was going to report back to mommy too, which thankfully he hasn't yet. Actually, I took him out for a donut afterwards, so I think that, that might have wiped his memory. Anyways, so I go and went up there, and I and she wanted me to not only introduce myself but explain why I was there. So I'm up in front of them, telling them that I'm a filmmaker. I found their teacher um, on the internet, and I asked if I could come check check out what they did because I'm making a movie, uh, and I was looking for people who might be a part of this movie. And then I kind of gave that spiel. Uh, was real careful because I understand how I operate, and I put my foot in my mouth all the time was uh, uh, being very cautious not to say, I used to work with fellas like you, which wouldn't make sense because there's about as many females, if not more. But, you know, so fellas, but, you know, I didn't want to identify them as a marginalized community. Uh, uh, so I got through that without putting my foot in my mouth, wanted to pat myself on the back for a second and decided to turn it over. Say, you guys got any questions for me? And uh, of course, the guy with the most to say raises his hand. He's right in front of me. Don't know. His, actually, I do know his name, but I'm not going to say it. And a middle-aged uh, man, actually, he's on the back nine like me, probably. So he's uh, up up there in years. I'd say probably like mid to late fifties. And uh, he's standing, he's sitting right in front of me, and he raises his hand. I say, "Yes, uh, good to meet you." And then he wanted to tell me about his entire catalog of things that he's done, things in his aspirations, and he, he he talked a lot and didn't really give me any um any spot to. Uh, to, to, to interrupt so I could take another question, which is part of the deal. And it's, it gets a little uncomfortable, especially because I don't know. I don't have a relationship with any of these people. I'm sure I'm being judged a little bit like by the woman who runs this place. Like, let's see how this guy can interact. So I'm looking for – and also we're taking up time in what would be normally filled with some actual acting exercises and improv sketches and whatnot. And now all of a sudden I'm up there and uh, I gave the floor to this guy who – Character, I can't wait to get to, to know him and, and, and spend time with him because I'm going to spend time with his group. But, you know, he's just talking and talking and I'm kind of in charge of the talking stick. And so he, he finally, I, I find an, uh, a good spot to kind of say thank you very much and, and move on to somebody else. And then the next person, they had a severe speech impediment and I can get speech impediments down if I spend enough time around the person. I can learn uh, to, to understand them much better over a given time. I didn't have any time. This is the first person time I've ever heard this person talk. So no idea what they're saying other than I picked up on Top Gun. So I got to uh, say, yes, he's excited about the new Top Gun. And I gathered that they were with the uh, thumbs up and the yes. Uh, and then I thanked them for allowing me to be a part of it. And I went back to uh, my little spot in the corner on the aisle over there. <clears throat> now, all that being said, uh, I didn't make it f- through the full three hours because my son was kind of hitting a wall and I identified that. So I thanked them very much for allowing me to, to come sit in, asked if I could come back next week, which is now tomorrow. And I said, I'm going to come back. Oh, this is a fun little tidbit too. Uh, I got scolded and I got looked uh, at with a very stern look by a fella in front of me. Uh, when I told this to the uh, creator, she came over, checked in on me. She goes, how you doing? You having a good time? And I said, yeah, I'm having a great time. Uh, this was during their improv, uh, improv uh, um, sketches that they were doing that she asked me if I wanted to be a part of one of like the five person teams that she kind of randomly put together as part of the drills. And I said, not yet. Cause I didn't want to be, you know, she gave each group 10 minutes to come up with a scenario. You come up with an opening word and a closing word. And then those five people had to come up with a sketch that they would do in front of everybody uh, on stage, you know, group by group. And she asked if I wanted to be a part of it. And I did, uh, even though I part of large part of me did it because I'm, you know, I'm not all that person and I'm not really good at improv and putting myself out there, but I 
for the sake of this, I do want to be a part of it. And I just said no, because I had the four-year-old with me and I couldn't like, you know, be invested in this story that we're going to tell. And then I have to bail out if, if Atticus, cause he's the boss. And if he starts getting real, real angry, speaking of ownery, like I, I got to go. So I said, no, but thank you. So she came to check in on me while they were doing that. And, uh, I said, yeah, I'm having a great time. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm going to, I'd like to come back next week and do it right and leave this guy at home. Kind of, you know, making a little joke. One of the guys uh, in front of me who, uh, he, he didn't have Down syndrome, but he's got the IDD. He, uh, he kind of looked at me and gave me a look like, oh, you're a real jerk, you know that? And like, I kind of made a, huh. and it just took me back because yes, there's a lot of, a lot of like, just, just no filters and letting like, you know how they feel right in the moment. I just, I, so Here's the deal. I am going back there tomorrow. Uh, I have not yet really let Mary know much about the project. Uh, this group, I didn't even say this, this group seems tailor-made for what I'm, I'm, I'm looking for to help me with this project, to be a part of this project. Uh, of course, there's the uncomfortable uh, side of uh, possible exploitation that I'm sure should creep into the people's minds who are uh, the woman who created this project. Uh, from the ground up should be that she should be leery uh, of me. Uh, she doesn't know me yet. Uh, I, I need to let her know about my very edge lordy dark side that does exist out there <laughs> beyond uh, the movie that I have made to this point, which is groupers, which all of, you know, involves two homophobes with their private parts and a Chinese finger trap. I don't know how receptive this woman is going to be to me. Once she hears more about the real me, I don't know how much of that I should let her know up front or let her research and find out on the back end. I, it, these are all questions that I will answer before spewing them out to her, but I'm, I'm very excited that I happen to stumble across this. This is what making movies really the, the romantic side of it, the part that I absolutely love and fantasize about uh, in being able to make movies is things like this, where I'm in, rooms where I never thought I would be for the sake of research and collaboration. And I get to go back and possibly quote unquote volunteer or, or give value to this group through this process. It's just, I love it. I, I'm, I just feel like it just inside it feels like I'm on the right path uh, as cliche and hokey as that might sound. I feel like I'm doing something that is, I just feel it feels right. And, uh, so tomorrow I'll spend the full three hours as well as some time, perhaps before, if I get there in time, for sure after to maybe set up a lunch date where I can maybe sit down with this woman, as well as another guy who uh, is in there who is quite obviously a volunteer because he's a grown man with a gray beard and uh, he tucked in a button up shirt who was introduced to me by the lady who runs it as one of their finest volunteers. And she mentioned something that he directed that I see on TV all the time. So I would also like to talk to that guy. And a lot of it is a little bit like, oh, God, what are they going to think of me? These the, the, the people that are, you know, have so much invested in this project. The creator, her own son, is the reason why she created this project, because he was born with Down syndrome and he showed signs of wanting to act. There was really no place to put him uh, years ago, uh, no place that he could he could tried this acting out. So she created, you know, it's a story I've heard a number of times. The parent actually created it for their children and it grew from there. So, um, finally in this episode 101, but that I, the final thing that I want to report, 
I don't even know. It might be too early, but I've, I've committed now, so I won't. I won't go into it. But uh, something, something about the way that I, <laughs> I. I don't like hokey movies, and I think most people don't. But I'll, I, I notice that I identify hokey moments beyond earlier than a lot of people. Like my mom, she'll watch a movie and she won't even realize it's hokey. A hokey movie, right? There's different degrees. I am so afraid of making anything hokey or saccharine or sappy that I shy away from it, even though I know that it's. I identify it, and when it's done right, like I am a huge sucker for it, and will fall for it if it's if it earns it and if it's done right. I don't, I have not to this point allowed myself to write anything that is sentimental or, or heartfelt. Uh, and I edge towards it and I see it in, in my work and in, in things that I write, I should say, I shouldn't say my work. That sounds pretentious, but in things that I've written and things that I've made, I, I edge towards, um, earnest moments, <laughs> but then I usually will just rip the rug out at that moment and to put in some kind of comedy and I get it. It's a defense mechanism. It's me not committing and it's me not, uh, uh, allowing myself to go to places a out of fear of failure. And that failure would look like something hokey and sappy for the sake of sap. Uh, and also I just think it's, I, I think that if there's a moment to be funny in an inappropriate moment, I, I dive in for whatever that motivation is. And I think it's funny. Um, so, Looking at that and looking at the project that I have on my hands, and for those of you who have read the, the script, um, you you might recall some very honest moments and some room for some sentimental, uh, uh, heartfelt moments. And I almost in every example of that uh, will rip the rug out and put in something um, comedic. And after spending just a couple hours with this group and meeting her son and, you know, having a, a sidebar conversation and just watching this, this group of people, uh, doing their acting exercises and being involved and just having a great time doing it. And just that, just the, the two hours, that's really all it took. And there's going to be many more, more hours if this all goes right, where I'll spend with this group. Uh, just those two hours, and I knew it about an hour in, I started thinking about it, um, I, I realized that I probably owe it not only to myself, but to this group. If I get them involved, if I get certain individuals that are part of this group involved with this project, I probably owe it to them to take another look at the script and maybe find some room for some more honest moments. Because, I mean, that's what I'm hanging a hat on this thing, which is how honest we're being Joe and I, and we're putting, you know, opportunity and, um, representation and honest representation. And I probably should be, don't get me wrong. I think the end of the movie is fine. I think the climactic scene is expensive and I think it's funny and maybe it shouldn't be as expensive and maybe it shouldn't be as funny. And I have no idea how to fix that or how to change that. And maybe I won't, maybe I don't need to, I don't know. But at the very least, I'm going to examine that over the next couple weeks here. And I always knew there was room for, for adaptation and, and change, especially once I get not only these uh, people involved, but you know, that's the, you're stupid not to uh, once you cast it, not to allow whoever you cast it with to bring their own, uh, ideas to it. So it's, it's just foolish not to. I, so I always knew that there was going to be, this wasn't going to be the script that was going to be shot word for word. There was room for uh, change for improvement for alterations, but 
just those, like I said, within an hour, I'm like thinking about the script and I'm thinking like, there's a lot more room for them to be involved in the story. Uh, not only them to bring to the story, but the story that I wrote, I, I can rewrite some things, write some things out that they, they're kind of background right now. And I, and I really don't want them to be as background as they are right now. So uh, let's talk about sentimental. I mean, I just did a whole thing. Uh, you know, I was just very sentimental on, on this here show. So I, I don't have great feelings about it, but they're honest at the, if they're nothing else. So, uh, yeah. Um, and if you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh, geez, he's all gung ho just on an hour and he really let his emotions get away from him. No, uh, that's not the case. I thought about that too. And I wanted to make sure that that wasn't the case. That's not the case. I, I, you know, a lot of what I wrote are pulled in the script are pulled from actual occurrences that happened in my real life from working with this community, but they are distant memories and they were somewhat um, removed from my own heart when I wrote them because I remember them as stories, stories that I've told to some of you have heard these stories out of my own mouth and they're entertaining and they tell, you know, a lot about the, the characters in within the story. But they're far removed because it's they're from, you know, some of them are from like 25, 30 years ago. There's stories that happened to me 30 years ago. And uh, they're going to be a lot more raw, real and, and honest, I think, after spending some time. So I'm going to rework some of those stories and write more in. So that, that all that being said, uh, that's the end of 101. What I haven't gotten to yet and now this is weeks old but i i wanted to spend some time talking about the uh my my experience on prices right yeah it's, i was on in case you haven't heard i was on prices right and actually recorded it over two months ago was when they taped the show that i was on and it aired just like a, a little over a month ago now i guess or right around exactly a month ago wasn't allowed to talk about it at all at all until it aired uh, it has aired but i want to talk about <laughs> how this feed and this movie and this project um, were all a part of my thought process and my experience while I was actually spinning the wheel and going back and forth with Drew Carey and playing the game. I was thinking about <laughs> this feed and the project. So I'll talk about that next week, assuming I don't forget to talk about it. All right. Thank you very much for listening along. Thanks a lot for following along. Uh, I didn't even talk about any of the uh, actual, you know, money to be raised and and the process there. That'll uh, bleed in as well as we get closer and closer to the due date uh, for all that, which is uh, week 116, which is just 15 short weeks away. All right, talk about I talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.